0: Welcome to the Sales Career Leveling Podcast. Each show is dedicated to the sales professionals that are driven to advance their professional sales careers, whether that be growing in their sales, management, or leadership roles, or climbing any part of the sales org chart. Each week, we'll be discussing sales, sales management, and sales executive leadership topics, as well as the sales career advancement, best, and worst practices we should all be aware of.
1: All right. Uh, hey, Count Petaway, man, welcome to the show. I appreciate you joining on. Uh, as, a, as a starter, what I'd appreciate is if you gave us a quick overview of your sales career to
0: date. Wow. Sales career to date. Uh, yeah, that's going to date me a little bit. i um, been selling for about 21 years now. Uh, graduated in 2000 in North Carolina. Um, went right into uh, life insurance sales, believe it or not, man. Hey, so a
1: good place to start.
0: I yeah, that one. was uh, in New York You're City. do <laughs> New York City, working in the World Trade Center. Uh, I did that for a few years until, of course, yeah. uh, 9-11. Uh, after 9-11, I, I moved back to North Carolina where I went to college and uh, continued down the path of uh, healthcare sales and did that for about about a decade, man, did that for about 10 years. And it was very lucrative at the time. And I had a buddy uh, who you know, um, who was in the MFP copier technology industry and said, man, you know, I've seen you out, Uh, I know you love sales. This is the industry to be in, right? And I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. And uh, from there, I worked at Canon, I worked at uh, Xerox, Dayhill, I've worked at Nico um, in New York City. And uh, right now, today, I'm in Kanaka Minota uh, for the last uh, half a decade, for the last five years. Man. And uh, I transitioned uh, over to software side, ironically, from the hardware side that I did for about 10 years. Now I'm doing the software-only side, professional services side, and I'm loving it, man. Absolutely nice. loving it. Cool. Tell us a little bit about the
1: team that you're currently leading um and, and and i don't obviously not names what, what types of uh, of individuals are you leading today
0: so today i lead a team uh over i would say five states okay. um, so I've got a big footprint uh we, we cover texas louisiana oklahoma uh the carolinas and georgia And what we do, we're like the Navy SEALs uh, of the company, right? That's what I like to call my guys. Uh, We got a team of uh, six uh, and and growing. And like I said, Big Footprint, they're market individuals, meaning they cover different markets. And they work with the managers and the sales reps at the local level in order to do a strategic uh, entrance into an account. Mm -hmm. So we go in with a holistic approach. This is not just a flip a couple of MFPs or just a quick uh, 30-day cycle. I mean, our sales cycles are between 90 days and 180 days. And we go in and really, Mr. Cox, how are you? We do a walkthrough of your entire organization. We do interviews with end users, interviews with C-levels. And we come back and say, wow, you know what, Mr. Cox of Cox Industries, we can help you with these three or four things. What do you think about Taking the next step, and what I like to call myself and my team is the bridge builders. Okay. We got current state, we got future state. My team builds a bridge, and sometimes that bridge is the Brooklyn Bridge, or sometimes (laughs) it could just be a really scaly, frail, uh, you know, just five hundred foot bridge. It just depends on what the company's looking for.
1: Right on, dude. Yeah, um, that more complex sale that has that that isn't transactional, that isn't a Uh, A a one call and and you got an instant lead um, and it isn't something that happens, you know, happens today and you can forecast it in 30 days. It's a lot more fun, um, but it's a lot more work and it requires um, a different, it it is a totally different type of sale. Now, I hear a lot of individuals or or individual contributors um, that I speak to on a daily basis. And they're wanting, you know, they've been in sales for three years, five years, 10 years, sometimes even longer. And they're wanting to make the jump into sales management from that individual contributor position. And and part of the value that we bring here at the, at the sales career leveling podcast is we want to share some of the, the the trials the tribulations and the difficulties that are experienced when you're making that kind of a transition. So I'm curious, um, tell us about the jump that you made from individual contributor. I know you were a kind of like a senior level major account type executive before jumping into sales management. And I'm curious, what was the biggest struggle that you had when you made that professional transition?
0: Yeah, Mike, you know, I mean, the first thing i will tell you is it depends on your family and friends that you have in your life your circle right my my circle was my ch- my biggest champion and they were constantly saying man you need to be in leadership you need to be in management i'm like no way you know I, I'm, I'm i'm an individual contributor i want to just worry about myself and you know then i found myself over the next few years helping out my teammates Uh And then I found myself having other managers of other teams saying, Hey, do you mind riding with this person or that person? That's when I got that, that itch, right? That's when I said, you know what, man, I'm doing all this coaching and sidebar conversations and, you know, kind of mimicking, you know, what I do. I'm seeing other reps do the same type of cadence inside of their personalities. They're trying to incorporate some of the stuff I do. And I said, let me give it a shot. And, the hardest part about the transition was figuring out that everyone's their own individual, huh. right? There's only one count, right? There's only one count pet away and, and I'm, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm an extrovert. I'm all about getting, you know, to the activity and the activity will, you know, progress into opportunities and deals and so forth. And there's some people that they're not built that way. Yep. So as a, as a leader, You have to understand, and and I always use uh, basketball because I played college ball as an example. A point guard is a point guard for a reason. Shooting guard is a shooting guard for a reason. A center is a center for a reason. So you can't drill and coach and really try to mentor a center the way you would a point guard. Mm -hmm. So you've got to really spend some quality time individual time and I'm, i mean off hours as well nights and weekends time to really get to know mike Cox's family mike's cox you know his motivation mm. right so when i know your motivation whether it's getting your daughter a pool in the back of the house whether it's you know getting the wife a wife or a bigger ring or whatever the case may be now there's some synergy there that wasn't there before because everybody doesn't you know get motivated by just revenue or accolades or you know, a big, you know, check, a commission check, something like that. And yeah. that's that was the biggest jump for me to really individualize um, the way I approach management. And I'll I I end on this coach behind closed doors, praise in public. Mm. That was something that I didn't learn in my first couple of years. And I wish I did, because that really set me apart from a lot of other managers.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that part. Um, but, but it sounds like So you had, you had that struggle, but my next question was going to be, what should individual contributors that want to make that transition into sales management, what should they be doing today to build up towards that role? And it sounds like you already gave us the answer, but if there's a different one, that's fine. Tell us that, but you were, you were doing the job before you got the job, You, you were, you were mentoring, you were. you were were coaching others, Um, would you say that was the major key that kind of not just broke the dam and and turned that on in you, but actually got you to that
0: next level? I would say 1000%, Mike, because it's almost like um, when when a company, a global company or even a dealer or a small mom and pop shop go through what they call reorganization, right? All they're doing is shuffling the players. They're saying, you know what, Mike, you were sitting in the front of the bus, but man, when I put you in the middle, you you rocked and rolled. And, oh. and, and that's what a good potential manager needs to do. He they he or she needs to show upper management, hey, look, I'm mentoring, I'm a junior management or or I'm an assistant management position already. And I'm rocking and rolling because other people over the last 30, 60, 90 days have incorporated some of the stuff that I'm coaching them on and utilizing it, putting their own spin on it, but now they increase sales. That's the true testimony to management. Management is not that you can get a sale done, but can you coach someone else up to do more revenue generating activity that leads to more sales for them personally? And of course the company at the end of the day too.
1: Yep. Now, historically in my past, when I was in staffing, when I was in sales myself, and then also when I was in, in corporate recruiting, I saw a lot of managers that were focused on, it, it, was, it sounds terrible, but they were almost glorified closers. And they had a team of sellers that they were often treating as uh, business development reps or SDRs that would generate opportunities. And then the manager was spending his or her day going appointment to appointment and was the closer. Um, and, And it was very frustrating because, I mean, if, if, if I was building a sales team and I've got a number to hit, I would want to reproduce the success that I enjoyed as a sales executive in each one of my sellers, and help them to stand alone. So now I have individual contributors that have built been built up to the point, as you mentioned, through coaching, to make deals on their own. And I'm not the I'm not the ultimate seller anymore. I'm the person that is reproducing that success in them. I had read an article recently. I had shared that shared some shared this with you. The uh, and I'm going to quote something. Well, first of all, the title is the problem with having crappy sales managers. I love that title. And, And the quote that stuck with me from that one was most sales managers don't coach enough. They don't coach consistently. Don't coach the right way. They don't impact their salespeople's opportunities. And this guy, he's still going don't, they don't grow their salespeople. Don't inspire their salespeople. Don't hold their salespeople accountable suck at recruiting new salespeople, spend too much time on personal sales. That's the part that I had seen a lot of in the past. And they spend a lot of time also in compiling reports and not nearly enough time developing the talent on their teams. And you had kind of alluded to that. So I'm curious, what are you doing? And you mentioned coaching behind closed doors. What are you doing in the areas of coaching holding your salespeople accountable or, or developing your team members.
0: Yeah and again it goes back Mike to getting to know the individuals uh, on a personal level and I, I know that sounds a, a little corny but it trust me when you get to know someone's intentions and their why and their motivation, now you can skyrocket that personnel. I, I'll give you an example back when I was a manager of, of a regular sales team um, I had you know say eight reps, and, and a branch. And, you know, there was three or four reps that came into the office every day. There were two reps that came in every other day. There was one that came in once a week. And upper management was like, hey, listen, you know, we need everyone to come in nine to five every day. And I said, hey, well, look, I made a deal with my team. I said, listen, if you're 100% a or plan or over, right, you make your own schedule. If you're 80% to 100%, then you work with me. If you're below 80%, then your butt's got to be in here Monday through Friday so we can kind of fix that. And now it was motivation for the team to earn the right to come in when they needed to and vice versa. Because you got personalities that they do well from home, they do well from Starbucks, they do well inside in an office and vice versa. But you don't really get to know that unless you give them the freedom up front. So I I had an old uh, adage. I don't use it anymore, but I used to say, you know, you want to be with, with the Texas guy, Texas count. Texas count is hey, you know, come in whenever you come in, as long as you're hitting your numbers, we're, we're fine. No worry about it. Call me when you need something, uh-huh. right? The North Carolina count is we're going to work together, okay? Uh-huh. We're going to work together because you're, you're, you're around 80, 90%. I want you to get above 100, looking for President's club standings and so forth. So we're going to work a little bit and co author your day to day activities. And then Mr. New York, right? (laughs) Hey, listen, I need you in in the office every day. And I'm going to be on you every day, helping you, making calls with you, shadowing you, taking you on appointments, you taking me on appointments, and we passing the baton back and forth so that way I can see where you need development. And then you create your own successful mantra and cadence. And man, that's worked tremendously for me because everyone was like, Man, I have two more deals and I'm at 100%, and, and I, I can go and come as I please. And guess yeah. what? That's what salespeople want. Salespeople get into sales for two reasons freedom and finances. Uh-huh. And when you put that together, financial freedom, right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, if you're in sales, you want to make money, but you don't want someone treating you like you got a nine to five, because Uh that's the the furthest thing away from it. I mean, we're doing deals on the weekends, we're doing research on the weekends and at nights and stuff like that. So I think if if leadership really looked at sales as an individual contributor, but also as an individual management, one-to-one style versus just, hey, this is what I want everybody to do. Uh, it takes a little bit more time, more dedication. I get it, but I think it works long term.
1: Yep, yeah, and and over, over the the year that we just got through, what a lot of organizations had to become more comfortable with is the fact that they were going to have to manage a team that is dispersed, and and a lot of traditional managers. Or, or let's say management styles that had been previously focused on managing over someone's shoulder, wasn't gonna work anymore. So there are a lot of individuals that I, that I well, there, there were a couple that I spoke to in the last, um, now nine months, that were struggling in their manager positions and were wanting to find a new role in another, another management role in another organization and their big concern once we had it, and if I'm working with an individual, I'm spending lots of time with that person before I'm recommending them to a specific role. And what I had finally sussed out in my conversations was these individuals were having trouble managing people that were remote. And they, they had previously been managing individuals in a location and, and were struggling. Because of several reasons, the relationships weren't there, the trust wasn't there, the communication wasn't there, and the manager had not been developing or coaching this individual to get better every month or every year. And and so there really wasn't a, what's in it for me to pay attention to you, Mr. Manager, you're not really helping me, you're just trying to hold me accountable to things that I haven't even bought into yet, these metrics that I don't, sometimes don't even believe in. So that relationship wasn't there. So there are lots of in- individuals, I'm sure, that are struggling with, they're, they're stuck in a lurch. What I used to use was fear, intimidation, um, role power, instead of relationship power, to, to get people to do things as opposed to motivating or, or, I don't know if I'd use inspiring, that's a bigger word, to get people to, to, to act on certain things that are going to lead to certain results. So yeah. I'm curious, Count, you've been in, in management now for, for some time. You've been leading individual contributors that were selling hardware, managed services, and now software is the primary focus. Um, and and If I know you and I do, you've probably been spending some personal time outside of the eight to five, nine to five, or what sales really is kind of like seven till eight um, in self-development and self-training. What are some of the things that you've done, let's say in the past 12 months to develop yourself as a professional for today's job that you've got and tomorrow's job that you've got your eye on?
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, you know, look, I got 24 essential lessons for success. Uh, that was uh, the first quarter. Second quarter was serve up, coach down. Uh, and the third quarter, they just finished because we're Japan company, crucial conversations. And now in the fourth quarter, John C. Maxwell's How Successful People Lead. So, I'm a book. I'm a book guy. I got my highlighters. I, I got my notepads. And as, as you can see here, um, I've got all kind of uh-huh. sticky notes and, and things that reference um, things that I want to talk to my, my family about, my friends about, and definitely my teammates about. But I will tell you this, that's self-development. But what you hit on earlier was trust and relationship, right? You said it organically. I, I didn't even tell you that. But those two things are how you get sales professionals to run through the wall for you. Yeah, so, so my guys, we use something called Marco Polo. Everyone knows about the app. If you don't know. Uh, it, man, you know my, it, my wife uses it. I didn't know you, I didn't know men were allowed on that thing. So, so, so check it out. So <laughs> Marco Polo is something that I got my whole team on. Nice. So we have a team text that we use for nine to five business hours per se. And then we have Marco Polo, which Every weekend, every couple of nights, I'm sending a video to the team and they're getting to know, hey, it's Wednesday, you know, it's Taco Tuesday at the Petaway house and I'm watching a game. Hey, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, you know, Texans fan or whatever the case may be. Man, if you're watching the game, you know, shoot me a, a quick snippet of uh, what you're thinking about the game. Yeah. And now I get to see who responds to that. Or who responds to when I'm going to the gun range with the wife or who responds to when I'm taking my little daughter to her basketball game or my other daughter to race car driving at the Mario Andretti complex. Right. So now I'm getting to see organically who's chiming into what, because people chime in on their personal time to what they like to do. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm getting to find out. So what I found out with most of my team in the last two years was what they really like. So I got one guy, I'll give you one example. He's a movie guy like me. I mean, loves movies and loves Marvel movies at that. So he knocked it out the park uh, in uh, October, which I I call Rocktober and he rocked it, right? So I sent him and his wife passes to I pick out in Atlanta to go see a Marvel movie. Nice. And I sent it in an envelope with a with a nice thank you note and said here's 50 bucks to, to buy popcorn and soda, brother. And that, he that probably pulled, gets a popcorn and a soda right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. You get one <laughs> and one. So, you know, he he loved that. He put that on a Marco Polo. And now I've got the juices flowing. So now no one knows what to expect from me as a reward. This is on top of variable comic commission. This is just something saying, guys, I know you, I know what you like. I'm gonna bless you with something just because you're a rock star and, and you rocked it. And then I got my moments when I know someone just lost a big deal. I mean, huge deal that could have put them and, and, and trumped them over all of the other sales people on my team. And that, that guy gets a Marco Polo personal one to one one where it say, hey man, look, I know you're down in the dumps. Hey, give me a buzz. Let's have a Saturday night happy hour together and let, let's talk through some stuff and, and see what's going on. Because maybe it's something going on personally. That's what people don't understand. Sales is stressful, but when you compound that with a family member having COVID or a family member going through something like a, a loss of a job or anything personal like that, sometimes if they lean heavy on you, you know, if you're the elder in the family, it can weigh on you. Yep. And that can just take you off a tan- on a tangent for a month, maybe a two months, maybe a quarter doesn't mean you're a bad salesperson. doesn't mean that you really don't want to hit your numbers. You just got something else going on. So that's the other augment that I wanted to mention earlier, Mike, where when you learn how to manage somebody, you also have to pivot when they go through something personally. So if you used to be really, really hard on somebody because they can take it and that's how you guys jive, maybe now's not the time to be that that hard manager on that person. Maybe now take a step back and say, hey, I'm gonna leave that guy alone for a couple of weeks. I'm gonna talk to upper management and let them know why the numbers are dipping down a little bit. Uh-huh. And now they know you got their back. And guess what? That next month he rocked it. Uh-huh. I mean, he blew it out the park. You know what I mean? Because I let him have a breather. And again, I don't know if just beating people up every day and 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 looking at activity and emails being sent every day, I don't know if you get that type of reaction from someone if you don't know when to, you know, take a step back and just kind of let let it idle for a little while and see what happens organically. But when you know them personally, man, I just think it makes a big, big difference. And the other thing, I only got eight people, mm-hmm. right, over, over about four or five states. That does help too. I think sometimes managers that have 12, 13, 14 reps, that's a little bit challenging, man. I think the one-to-one ratio should be you know maybe around six to eight is probably the max mm-hmm. for one manager to really get to know Mike and, and his family and what he does on a day to day basis. Uh, because then it gets a little watered down once you get into 10, 12, 13 reps.
1: Yeah, well, I, I tell you what, man, I would that being said, I would like to see you uh um struggle and then adapt to a role where you have that 12, 15, or, or god forbid 20 direct reports. Um, and, and see how you, how you adapt and overcome to, in, in that situation. Um, when, I, when I was leading the team, um, my, my management style involved a lot of one-on-ones on a weekly basis. Um, and, and this was just the kind of like the catch-all, but it always started with almost half of the time of that 15 minutes, literally 15 minutes, was, what's going on? How are you? How, are, how How's your wife? How's your husband? Um, how, how are your kids? What's new? Last time we spoke, this and that. And, and this doesn't replace the walking by when we used to actually walk by individuals in the hallway when we were still working in offices. But it, it drives home, uh, I guess just to drive home the point once again, it is uh, not all about relationships, but man, it's going to be tough to find something to replace the, the importance of relationships at the top of that, um, of that pyramid, let's say. Uh, so well, you know what?
0: I actually, so in 2018, before I got the second promotion in KM, I was over 15 people. Yep. So, so the cool thing about that was I, I did learn how to adapt. And I'll tell you one thing that I did that, that allowed me to adapt to have that many people And not only did I have 15 people, they were segmented. They weren't all the same position. So I had Uh some people in production. I had some people in software. Then I had some people that were just technical engineers. So what I did was I divided them into those three categories. And I had what I called, I had a a Monday morning meeting Uh with a certain team. And that was the software team. Then I had a Wise Wednesday meeting. That was with the engineers and the technical guys so that way I could get wiser, they could get wiser and we could strategize together. But it was a holistic uh, uh, conference call and zoom meeting, if you will. And then Friday, I had my Friday forum for my production guys. Mm-hmm. So now Friday, you know, it's production deals. This is big iron. These are half a million dollar deals, a lot of intricacies. And what I found was that worked tremendously better because now I had 5, 10, 15, so I had five individuals on one call, and instead of having to do 15 one-on-ones that were an hour each, I did three group meetings that were two hours each. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So for two hours on Friday, it was just open forum. I went around, table, I said, guys, you know, air out your dirty laundry, what you got teed up, where can I help? Where can I move a bottleneck for you in any deals that you're working? And also, if you have a success story, let all of the guys know how you smacked it out the park and maybe they can recreate that in their, in their team and in their coverage model. And it worked tremendously, man. I mean, it really did. I think you still sometimes got to do the individual Mm -hmm. one-on-ones over, over a quarter, but as far as a week to week basis, man, they loved it. Cool.
1: Very cool. So as a sales manager, a hiring manager, when you are actively recruiting, or I should say, you're always recruiting, but when you're actually hiring and you have a position to fill, share with the audience, what is it that you're typically looking for um, in an individual uh, or a resume, maybe a LinkedIn profile or whatever else? What, what are you trying to key in on?
0: Man, I'm gonna tell you something, I'm gonna blow your mind with this one. So the last three years, I've been a rock star at recruiting the top talent in all of those four states. And I'll tell you why. I have never had multiple positions open, right? Because my guys are senior guys. They get paid a lot of money base. So they kind of stay where they're put. However, when I have an opening and I interview every week, I interview candidates every week just to keep me up to par with talent. and, And also I'm interviewing for the company. So I'll send some hardware reps over here, some technical guys over here and so forth. But I will tell you this, when I hire now and you join, you know, my particular team, which I call them the pros, right? When you come on to the pros team, every single pro has to thumb you up, Mike. Oh, man. So so this is what I do. So I say, Mike, if you're trying to get on, you know, the pros, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you, here's the pros, first and last name. That's it. I tell you first and last name. I want you to go research them on LinkedIn. LinkedIn with them. I want you to go have a one-on-one with them and get to know a little bit about them and how they ended up at Conoco Minota. And then I want you to have them schedule an interview with you formally. So that's three things they got to do. And then I have an internal meeting with the team and we go around and everyone tells me the feedback from that particular candidate. And let me tell you something, brother, when you're trying to get seven thumbs up out of seven, mm-hmm. um, i mean it's really hard to miss and really have someone come on that team that is not just open arms warmly embraced with everyone giving you a thumbs up and it it takes months i'm not i'm not gonna lie this this takes me probably i used to be able to hire someone in 30 days now it takes me 90 days Uh because it's hard to get seven thumbs up when i have an opening OK, right? because there's always one person that that kind of gut feeling that kind of noticed something or they, they they were late to the Zoom meeting or they weren't prepared or whatever the case may be. And um, I, I take that into consideration. I say, guys, hey, I need seven. I got six. And then, you know, some of the guys are like, oh, man, no, but he's going to be he's going to be a rock star, man. What do you mean? I'm like, guys, you know the rules. I need seven thumbs up. And uh, it's it's been working like a charm for me the last two and a half years, man.
1: When was the last time you you, uh, hired an individual through that process?
0: I just hired one in January uh, 4th. So uh, her her name is uh, Rachel. I'm not going to say her last name, but she joined the team. She was an internal uh, candidate, by the way. She came from another division. All the guys interviewed her. All the guys thumbed her up. And, you know, even some of the VPs and managers were surprised that she even put her name in the hat to join my team. Yeah, And I said, hey, you, you never know until you have an open rec, right? And, and, and people wanna see what's going on and who's the leader of that team. And, and you see how those persons are acting in the office, on the Zoom calls, they're pumped uh-huh. up, they're excited, they're making money, they're happy. And uh, so I think that resonated with her and uh, she, she couldn't be happier, man. Her first week on the job, I got a one-on-one with her later after this call. And she already got three deals teed up, man, the first week. Man. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: Raring to go. You like to see that, I'll tell you what. Absolutely. But Excellent. she was
0: internal. She was internal. So that, that's a little bit more of a yeah. learning curve is a little
1: bit, uh, obviously, negated. Well, I, I think, once again, we go back to relationship. If you're spending 90 days having conversations with an individual, you you have been developing that relationship. You have been speaking with that individual probably before the opportunity ever even came up. So that means you've been networking, you've been actively recruiting uh, before the position is ever available. And so you're, you're developing that relationship and you're working with an individual that's probably already working somewhere else, doing well. And you want that person to come and do even better with your organization. So it's a good, it's a great process. I like it. Definitely. Cool, man. So what, what's uh, something that I haven't asked you that you were hoping I would?
0: Oh man. Well, you know what? Um, I will tell you this, the motivation factor uh, for me um, and my team for anybody that hears this, that that's getting into management or already in management, there's one thing that I think resonates with everyone, right? And I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, boy. So, so Mike, if I, if I told you um, I had two tickets to Venice for you and the wife, all expenses paid, what would you say to that? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, I'll give you my address. Yeah, so, so, so here's the thing. Most people... Don't understand the importance of President's Club or the Diamond Club or the you know, the excellence circle, whatever they call it at that that particular company. So yep. from day one, our fiscal is April one to April 1. From day one, all I'm talking about in this particular year in July is the Bahamas, Nassau, right? We're going to the Bahamas. So everything that I talk about at the end of my team calls. And my team text on my Marco Polos, I'm putting up pictures of the Bahamas behind me. I'm, I'm sending pictures of me in my Bahamas shirt. We're going. You know I mean? With a little adult beverage on my Saturday Marco Polo. And I'm keeping that reminder there because if you go to the President's Club or whatever your organization calls it, if you make trip, two things happen. One, you got recognized. Uh-huh. Some kind of way, you got recognized. Two, you made some money
1: uh-huh.
0: right? because everybody at, P- at PC, you had to make some money. So financially, you're doing OK or better than you did the year before. And you got your peers around you that know, man, whatever you did, you did something right. Uh-huh. right? So that's that's where I go. And, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm speaking it out loud. I'm going to the Bahamas in July. Right? Because I'm going to speak it into existence and I'm going to pick everybody's brain that's there and say, hey, what did you do different? And I I get every time I go to PC and I've been to several, you know, I get nuggets from PC. I don't just go to PC to celebrate and say, hey, look, I made it. I'm going there to pick the brains of the top Navy SEALs in the company.
1: Yeah. What did you do to get you here?
0: Yeah. If there's one thing that they, they should always have in their arsenal, is making trip and putting that trip and that carrot in front of their sales team because that's the one thing that I think you can do in public, you can do behind closed doors, that's going to resonate. Because like I said, I asked you, would you take a free trip for five days all, all inclusive, all pay? I mean, who's not going to take that? Absolutely. Yeah, so that motivation, I think managers really missed the boat on talking about it and making it a thing. Like uh-huh. it should be a thing, it should be a mantra, it should be a cadence, a regular protocol that you bring it up and say, guys, I don't just want one of you there. I want I want to be on the beach with all the, I want to meet your wives, I, I want to see pictures of your kids and I want to get to know you more better than I do now uh-huh. while we're on the beach on the company dime.
1: Everything, everything covered, everything yeah, paid for, yeah. all-inclusive events and dinners and all of that. You know, so yes, you get to go somewhere pretty. You get, you, you, you've actually, you know, you've made some money, but dude, my wife, man, as soon as she heard about the, the president's club, you know, at, at whatever company I was doing sales for recruiting every for, year,
0: she wants to go, you
1: No, know, she, and not only that, she, what, what do you need to do to get there? Yeah. What is it that you have to do? And then, man, I tell you what, if I'm not motivated, she's just there picking at me saying, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Tell me, man. We need to go. Yeah. <laughs> Mama that, wants that, to go to Cabo.
0: And that's one I'm going to take away from you because I didn't even think about that motivation because, yeah, your wife, your, your, your girlfriend, your, your significant other, whoever the case may be, if they know, hey, when, if I make it, you're my plus one, we're out of here, man, that's now someone else when you're down and out, when you're not feeling like it, when you want to take an early Friday off, or you want to take a, you know, Wednesday and just say, oh, I tapped out and had a bad day. Or why don't you come home earlier? Yeah. Now you got some. Why are you saying, working so hard? Make some more calls. Did you get a sale today? Did you do <laughs> what you had to do today?
1: And then start getting referrals from your significant other. Yeah, yeah. Have you spoken to these people? (laughs) That that company looks like they would use what you sell.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, man, look, man, it takes a village. Uh, I I think, you know, family, kids, brothers, brother-in-law, sisters, cousins, uncles. I mean, anybody that's in your circle um, that has the knowledge of what you're shooting for. Mm-hmm. As long as they bring that positive energy, man, to your point, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it only can add to that fire, but also pick you up on the days that you need to be picked up, because right you know? everybody has them, man. Everybody has bad days, and you know, obviously with COVID going on, there's a lot of, a lot of news and a lot of bad things happening to people and families that probably would have never seen this type of devastation, so mm-hmm. you know, this is when you need to be more positive and more motivational and more understanding uh, than ever. Uh, before in history i mean so this is going to be 2020 uh and i nicknamed it you know 2020 perfect vision um and ironically i think it did give people and companies and organizations perfect vision on what truly matters Mm -hmm. because now you're seeing and we talked about it when we started who can work remotely who can be productive on their own what leaders can get the best out of people that don't have the privilege of walking down the office and just looking over their shoulder. That's a true leader, a true leader that can get people motivated while they're at home or Starbucks or wherever the case may be. And they're not just on top of them in an office. Yeah. You you talk about leaders rising to the occasion throughout this last nine months. You Mm -hmm. got some of the best reps and some of the best managers that got highlighted. But flip side of that coin If you were a little shaky, if you were just the guy that came in every day and was there nine to five and was always around, but you wasn't really doing anything, unfortunately you got exposed. Yep. It was a double-edged sword. And and I think, uh, I think we're gonna come out a lot better. I think most companies are gonna have that 30 to 25% that never come back to the office. I believe that. Um, So we'll, we'll see how it goes, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, man, it was a pleasure speaking with you, catching up
0: hadn't uh, it's been
1: quite some time since i'd uh, seen you count so yeah man. i'm you glad too, we man. had this opportunity i appreciate you coming on and uh happy 2021 have a great hey, year
0: this is i'm calling it 2021 double o n there you go so, uh 2021 is, is my mantra for this year and like i always say whenever i have interviews man i end on connections count absolutely yeah. all right man you take care You got it, brother. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for joining us on the Sales Career Leveling Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and if you would be so kind, share this podcast with a fellow sales professional. If you are a sales professional and would like to connect, have a guest, and or topic suggestion, please find Chris Stinson and Michael G. Cox on LinkedIn or email careerleveling at gmail.com.